Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Service Management Leadership Podcast. Today, we have the distinct pleasure of having Rory Canavan from Sam Charter, and he has some other initiatives, too, that I'm sure he'll tell us about. Rory's been on the show two, three times before. It's great to have him back. Rory, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the invitation, Jeffrey. It's always a pleasure to be around. Yeah, it's great to talk uh, talk shop with you in the ITAM space. So one thing Rory and I agree on, at least I think we'll find out soon, is that SAM software asset management process, we always think it in one process, but it's really many that are rolled up into one process, thought process at least, because there are different things we do within the SAM space that are really meet the definition of process. They have inputs, they have outputs, they have activities. Is that what you, are you, are we aligned in that, Rory? Absolutely, yes. I think, I think uh, Sam and Itam have been the victim of uh, whatever wizard with a, with a dictionary in, within ITIL have terms, um, a, a definition around process, and they, they've pigeonholed Sam as a process. And I think because of that, people who've done studying around service management and ITIL specifically feel that um, it's, it's an afterthought. It's, it's a quick tick of a box and away we go. Sam, Sam is sorted and we're back to service management and let's crawl down that rabbit hole of the distinction between an incident and a problem. You know, and, and it, it isn't, it isn't, believe me, it is, it is labyrinthine. Yes, and I wanna pile on if I may. I think the tool vendors have also contributed because we have this one tool, it's a panacea, they'll fix all of your needs for your process. Is that fair? I'd, I'd say that is too. And, and I, that's, that's one thing I really dislike about the way the, the SAM market has matured over the last 10 to 15 years, that the, the, the tool is the solution. It is the, the silver bullet that exists. Um, and if you do everything right, you get a compliance report at the end of it. And then management stare at the compliance report and say, well, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> and, and that is just feeding um, the, the software vendors, frankly. It's, it's their interpretation of what they want Sam to be. There should be a feedback loop to take that report back into the IT estate to make it better. Yeah. And, and that just does not happen enough. I'm with you. So let's, I'm going to pitch this to you. What are some of the SAM processes that could be rolled up into a broader SAM process? And I say that because not every organization is, is alike. They're, they look different. And so what are some of the ones that, that you would say are processes that get rolled up into the broader SAM? Okay, so let's, well, if we take a, a, a top-down approach, we would go with a governance process that mm -hmm. produces an ITAM policy. So yes. it sets the North Star. Where is Sam or ITAM going for the organization? That in turn should instigate a, an operations plan, a create, maintain a Sam plan process. Um, so that doesn't sort of bounce around so much at sort of 30,000 feet. It takes a step down to circa 10,000 feet, lays out a plan, lays out a scope, uh, qualifies uh, what we mean by software and what we're actually looking after. Then we bounce to create, maintain a, um, a supported software catalog. So we list um, by application what it is we are looking after. What are we putting our arms around? Um, complementary to that, then we should be looking at a recycling process. 
So anything on the IT estate we are not using, we get it off the IT estate and we don't fall into the trap of following that sort of 90 day mantra right. set from Microsoft, from the, from the good old days of software assurance. We, we look at the billing cycle of the software, particularly in the cloud, particularly in the cloud. So if we are billing in you know, hours, minutes, days, and what have you, if you feel you're leaving software in the cloud and you're not using it, you are throwing money away. Yes. Then to put some sort of rigor around what it is we're actually doing, we should be looking at the request process, the procurement process, and the deployment or change management process, depending on what you call it. Um, so that what we request is what we buy, what we buy is what we install, and what we install is what we ask for in the first place. So those would be the top sort of seven or eight processes that I would say are core, on, are, as a minimum, should be in place. Um, and it's flavors and variations. You, you, yeah. It's not so much the processes necessarily, but it's the, it's the outcomes and how they work for your organization. But you should have some degree of rigor around those ones that I've just mentioned. And I want to push in on two that you you mentioned and not, you use different uh, vernacular than I do. But so mm -hmm. I think there has to be one on your self-service portal on how software is uh, ordered, how it was is received, how that is accounted for, approved, accounted for. You mentioned that as well. And because that has to tie back, even if that's part of your service management, service catalog process, it's got to tie back into SAM. And you mentioned the retirement, but I also think of the decommissioning. You know, every time we onboard, we bring new functionality to bear, it has software implications. Every time we decommission something has software implications. We need to have those tidied up in my book. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and there's a, there are fringe benefits too around the hardware side. When you're doing hardware disposal, if you get it to the right disposal company at this point, and I, I think it's, it's not any sort of covert secret, you're, you're in a position to get a refund if the equipment is sufficiently of a sufficient quality. Right. Um, I had a particular situation. I don't know, do you remember the old apples where they had the sort of Perspex um, sort of back ends, uh -huh. uh, uh, you know, when they were, there were all these sort of electric colors. I'm trying to think of the oh, right yeah. word to, to describe the colors, but they were quite vivid. I was in a particular college in London and they were just being thrown into the, into the waste disposal basket or the, the cage, yes. and the guy said, um, who, who ran the disposal company, please let them know it may be trash to them, but if it's broken, we can't sell it. Right. We can't sell it broken, therefore your rebate is less. So whilst I'm not saying treat it like a Fabergé egg, <laughs> you know, do, do look after it. When you're moving kit from a storeroom that is earmarked for disposal into a cage that is going away to be, um, you know, recycled, um, be careful of what you're, what you're putting in the cage and how you're doing it. Yes, I was just thinking if you are decommissioning an application or upgrading an application or changing servers, it may have SAM implications. If I'll you are, you. if you're doing anything to the hardware on the data center side, it has software implications. Totally, because what, if, if you are finally getting rid of that physical device, off the IT estate, what you should be doing is going back to whatever inventory system you have in place, be it a the, the, the native agent on the SAM suite or via a tool, say like Landesk or SCCM, whatever you may be using, and earmarking that device as disposed. And that then in turn should free up the software on that device back into any sort of license pool that you would have. Right. 
but I have seen, and I'm sure you have too, where organizations get rid of the hardware and the software they're still paying for. And, yeah. and, and you're like, whether it's on a laptop, desktop, server, whatever, and you're like, guys, this is easy money to save. We just have to have some process around it. And that's why I was saying it's several processes. Totally. And, and then, then there is the double down on it as well, because say you are disposing of those laptops and PCs, typically that's part of a refresh cycle anyway. Yes. So it may not be a downsizing necessarily. So in turn, you're buying more hardware and in turn, you're buying more software to replace the software yes. that isn't in the license pool that you could have put back on those devices. Right. And I've been where places where you have twice as many licenses as people and you're like, come on, people, let's figure this out. We're paying way too much, mm. you know, because there's we have to figure out how to leverage our process to tighten things up so we have confidence in it. Yeah. And so, so you've done a lot of work on SAM processes and SAM. Now let's talk about SAM assessments. So SAM Charter, your company does SAM assessments and you have the free version and you have the not free version, right? And so what is the purpose of a SAM assessment? What's included? What would you say, no matter what you do, you have to include X, Y, or Z? So back in the day when I first started in SAM, I worked for a particular organization in the UK and they had a gap analysis. And the purpose of the gap analysis was to take organizations away from that, that trap that the tool is the solution. Um, acknowledging and understanding that you have processes that sit in and around the technology, that if you like, that is the interface between the, the humans, if you will, and, and the tech is the process. So um, when I came to set up SAM Charter, I, I made sure I steered clear of that, that old yes or no version, because that was the answer to every question. It was yes or no. Do you have a process for yes or no? Life, life is not so black and white. There are shades no. of gray in the middle. So when we ask a question of any organization, we will start off with not practiced or documented and go right the way up to practice, documented, reviewed and aligned to IT and business strategy. Um, and that, that provides sufficient shade in the middle between those, those two extremes of yes or no. Um, and, and what it also does, we've radio response those, um, those replies so that we don't get that subjectivity because I used to have, as an example, I'd ask somebody, do you have a software request process? Uh, yes, on a Tuesday when Tommy's in the office. <laughs> I can't use that as a baseline. And that's the purpose of the maturity assessment to determine what it is is in place and is working and working well. And, and what is perhaps not working so well and needs more focus and attention on. So we will take that automated report that we produce um, and, and we will then drill down on the gaps, drill down on the shortfalls, um, and then plot a roadmap as well with a client. I'll, I'll sit down with them and I say, right, what's short, what's medium and what's long-term? And um, here you go, either, either you can take that and you can run with it, or if you want my help and support, we can we can do that for you too. We've, we've spent the last five or six years actually modeling, um, I would argue world-class template processes for customization with organizations. Awesome. I would also say that an assessment, whether it's service management, asset management, SAM or AM, whatever, it provides a baseline for us going forward. It a, a benchmark, if you would, so we know whether we're maturing 
in those areas. We can refer, refer or reflect back and say, hey, we were better then or we were worse then. Also, you probably, let's think of a process end to end. Your assessment probably looks at different steps within that process. Do you have leadership um, support for your governance, right? That's saying you have a policy is one thing, but saying you have leadership support to enforce that policy, that's something else. Yeah, and that's 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 one thing as well. I mean, I mean, I had a particular situation with an organization where we were starting to go through the questions and the, the chap who was answering the questions was saying, well, listen, I could do this myself. Why do I need you here? You, you, you know, I, I know there are shortfalls. I know there are gaps. And I said, well, yeah, equally, we need to know what you're doing yeah. so that we can then go to senior management. If you need help qualifying why you need more budget, why you need more resource, here is a report that they will read. This this is a hop, skip and a jump. It Again, it is not a silver bullet. And I think this is the problem that we have in IT, that we we live with plug and play. We, we live with USB. And, and we think everything is just going to sort of zip together and, you know, we're on to the next problem. And what was, what was it Ed, Thomas Edison said? Most people don't recognize opportunity because it's dressed in overall and disguised as work. Yes. Um, that That is Sam. That is Sam and I, Tam. It is... Oh, yeah. You're you're not going to click next, next, next install, put the tool in and walk away and then focus on something else. Oh, yes. I, I'm going to paraphrase. I won't have this quote exact. Abraham Lincoln, if I'm given two hours to uh, chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first hour and a half sharpening the axe. Yes. And I think in our world, we don't sharpen the axe enough. We just go beating on the tree and we wonder why it's taken so much effort. Whether if we sharpened our axe, maybe the effort, you know, the physical exertion would be less and we'd have a better product. Well, so, and that, that circles back to the, um, when you asked me at the top of the, the interview there, that, you know, the processes that I would recommend or advocate. One of the first ones I would recommend or advocate is the recycling process, mm -hmm. because what you don't want to do is throw your arms around the IT estate, funnel all that data into a compliance report, and then decide that you're going to do something about the, the derisory state of the contributing data to that report. Do it now, do it before you run the report. I'm with you. Control how it comes in, control how it goes out, then worry about the middle, so to speak. Yeah, and, and have, that, have that feedback loop because yes. nine times out of 10, when you run that first compliance report, regardless of what vendor it is, it's gonna be shocking. It's not gonna be great. And, and you're going to go back and try and try and get it better, but we'll try and get it better before you run the report. You, you, you might surprise yourself. I would also advise pushing in on the compliance report. Sometimes they give you false negatives or false positives. I've used this one example many times on this, on this show. I was at a certain previous company and it showed green, fine. It was a certain Adobe title. I click on it and it says, we have 13 of them that we bought and we're using zero. To me, that's not green. No. And so, you know, it's it's understanding not just what the compliance report says, but what does that mean? And are there ways that we could interpret that those results differently? Well, I, um, again, with my sort of theoretical hat on, as it were, I like to encapsulate that level of information in the, um, or via the license pool report anyway. So right. you've got an idea of, whether it's 13, 30, 300, et cetera. Right. Um, just so you can go back to procurement and say, stop buying this stuff. This is our limit. 
we, we, we need a degree of fat in the organization. So we'll set it at 20. If, if we have 20 of that given title, we, we should have a block on purchases until such time as we're down to maybe five, and then maybe we can go buying it again. That's a, that's a great thought. And let me pile on, if I may, and ask you a follow-up question. The connection to other departments, like accounting, like procurement, seems to be part of, should be part of the assessment process. Does that sound fair? Yes, it is. And it does. We, we ask questions around um, processes which we believe would not be, you know, pure SAM. And, and it's, it's quite difficult, actually, to highlight processes within IT that are pure SAM, obviously, apart from the compliance report. But your contract review process, I would argue that that is headed up by procurement. Right. But, but the contributing data that would go to that actual activity is to produce a compliance report to say, this is what we have installed. This is what we have in reserve. This may be what we might like to purchase moving forward in the next three to five years. So we can support that North Star that we mentioned at the beginning. Gotcha. I just see so much interchange with other groups and departments. You know, how does it how does it impact with uh, interact with legal or you know whatever else? It just seems like there's so much interchange that part of the assessment. And so that's why I was asking you, the expert. Part of that assessment is the measuring those handoffs back and forth. Sure. Well, well, that's the nice thing too about the particular assessment that we've created is that. Um, it, a, it's online, B, it can be taken by one individual or you can hoist it up on Teams or an equivalent sort of product uh, and, and ask the questions in the round. But if it is that particular individual who has it in front of them and they don't know the specific answer to a question, they can, within the tool, we've got a um, um, email a friend or email a colleague um, and they can actually email that question out to the person they believe has the best answer. Uh, and the, the response comes back to their inbox, at which point they can update the uh, the assessment then with the, with the reply. So it's like the who wants to be a millionaire phone a friend. Uh, exactly. I'm exactly with you. That. I'm with you. It's nothing like pop culture that's 20 years old, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's more of pop culture at that point. So <laughs> we, <laughs> we've talked uh, hand, uh, SAM process, SAM assessment. Let's talk HAM assessment. I saw a recent LinkedIn post. You talked about the HAM assessment. And mm -hmm. I want to talk, all right, this is my view, 30,000 feet. SAM is a very much tool-driven interaction with other processes. HAM has its own processes internal with the life cycle of those assets. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, I don't, I don't, wouldn't have a particularly different, uh, different take on it. It's just a case of making sure that, like any process, if it offers value, that it runs, yes. that it, it is actually um, um, being visited uh, on, uh, you know, on a time frame that is in line with management expectations. So, uh, so, so yeah, absolutely. We've got. Um, two options to to actually quiz yourself on ham you can either integrate it with the the sam assessment so you get a true item report then right or you can pick to have a ham only report if ham is your thing and you know you really need to sort of get a handle on hardware and focus on that then we've got a 60 question assessment that stands alone and can be taken 60 is a lot and but you know what's funny is i know a lot of companies that struggle with ham especially with the pc life cycle 
and developing a life cycle of, I mentioned decommission a minute ago, but what, how do we decommission? How do we bring things on in a methodical way? How do we decommission in, in a methodical way and track them in the life cycle in between? Not to yeah. overcomplicate things, which that really did. But, you know, ham is, everybody thinks ham is easy and doesn't offer value, but I would say it's quite the opposite. Well, I had one, one particular situation when I was, um, consulting for a, a uni in London. And um, of, of course, what you find in, in HAM is that the mobile devices get thrown in as well for good measure, yes. just because, well, yeah, you can do that. Um, and a particular VIP in the organization came in demanding the latest and greatest um, iPhone. Why? Because it had double the storage. That was it. That was that was his sole, sole justification. And it was because he was a VIP that he got away with it. He got he got his phone, but if if you were being objective and and dispassionate about it, is the old one broken? Can it still be used? You know, when when are we looking to refresh that device? When have we got a point at which we can say, you know, um, yes, we're happy to? But you know, politics, you know, it's it's a bitch. It really is. It will eat you up. I'm with you, and also I would say, just like I would with CMDB. The more assets and asset types you have in your asset register, the more attributes for each, cost you more to upkeep. It costs you more effort, costs you more money to upkeep it because it, you know, not to be overly simplistic, it, is it easier to upkeep one device or a hundred? Obviously one. And it's the same, like you mentioned, if that VIP is the only one around that uni campus that has that device, cost you more when they ask for support because they're the only one and maybe the service desk or the, the support people don't know how to take care of that device like they do the others. I mean, there's all these intrinsic costs that we gloss over so easily. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it is. I mean, in, soft, in the software world, you will have those, those versions and editions of titles um, where that would really benefit from a degree of rationalization um, and not just across one vendor, but um, across classification as well. So, um, you know, how many productivity suites do you need? How many PDFs reader, readers do you need? How many um, BI like tools? Linux yeah, Linux operating systems do you need? Yeah, it, you know, it, it, by by going through that exercise, you you reinforce economies of scale as well because you've got a better chance of dealing with fewer vendors or fewer resellers. Yeah. And um, it, it strengthens your, your bargaining position then as well. The ones that give me are the companies that aren't very big and they have eight or nine BI tools, business intelligence tools. And I'm yeah. like, you know, just because somebody, former executive, they really liked Tableau over SaaS and next guy or woman like SaaS and now Tableau's junk. But we keep it ongoing because one person in the organization uses it. Yeah. And it's like, how do we... And the same with hardware. I mean, how do we how do we make a good business decision? I think um, I, I think a refresh. This goes back to the strategy: is just making sure that whatever we buy serves a purpose. Yes. And and purposes do change, as you say. People change um, and, and scroll through. So just just educating those people that this is the purpose. This is why we bought this given software. And, and also potentially having a training budget as well. So if, if people are bouncing between versions and editions of, of given pr 
productivity suite that perhaps they are appraised of what the company standard is and this is what you should be learning in. Um, again, to go back to that university, um, the, the lecturers were given uh, free range to basically teach in whatever software they wanted. And one particular um, lecturer at the time was, was teaching his class in Adobe CS2. Now this granted, this was 2012, but even so, we were. I think CS6 was was alive and kicking by that point. And then, and I, I said to the board, you're, "You're not just competing with, you know, regional universities. You're competing with universities around the world because they are teaching in CS6, as as were the other colleges in that given university. But if I did a course, a three-year course, and I um, ended up being, uh, you know, something or quite proficient or professional in nine-year-old software." that isn't being used in the workplace, I'd, I'd be kicking off. I'd, I'd want a refund. Right, and I, I feel that way. We do that in the IT world all the time. I've been a lot of places, they have 365, but then you have a third or half of staff that still use the legacy mm -hmm. and uh, you know on-prem. And so we're paying for it double, even if you say oh, it's included in your enterprise, but you still have servers with it running. So you're paying for it double even if it's included in the software. I mean, there's so much, I almost, you've mentioned economies of scale, but there's so much gains in trying to understand and having a thought process. This is how we do business kind of yeah. deal. Well, and, and uh, unfortunately this, this message is for our European colleagues as opposed to uh, uh, our, our US listeners. But of course, if you do have that software that is um, on-prem, that is not being used, you know, that there are opportunities to resell that software. So uh, don't be afraid to uh, uh, to look into those opportunities and you can, you know, you can get everybody on 365 and then make a bit of cash in the process. Oh, yes. And so we're going to, I'm going to, the thought process, the thought, this next question just popped up. So bear with me. Why do you think the U.S., Soft, why do you think software cannot be resold in the U.S. like it can in Europe? Is it because all those companies are originated in the U.S.? I, I, I would say they are very powerful to lobby. Yes. You know, you, you look at, I appreciate Tesla aren't necessarily an IT tech company per se, but didn't they move from California to Texas? Yes. Of, of, and that's a tax saving. There's no, yes. there's no sort of all of a sudden wheel of Texas over California. Cheaper uh, labor too. Cheaper yeah. labor as well. Yeah. So um, it was an operate, operating cost. But if you've got that power and influence as to where your tax dollars go, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's politics, isn't it? It always is. And I would also say that it's also the way soft, you and I've had... Um, off the record conversations about how it's different in the US on how software is sold as well. In mm -hmm. you know, there's fewer bars and, and organizations like that where a lot of companies in the US will buy straight from the straight from the source as much as possible and avoid the middle middleman, middle woman as much as possible. Right. Right. It's just one of those things. It's all different wherever you go. And it's about learning the rules so we can make the best of them. So you talked about your SAM assessment and your HAM assessment. Yes. Is there anything on either that I probably didn't ask well and said, you know, bring that you'd like to, to 
make sure that we covered? So just just to um, for the for those who are tuning in from um, perhaps those organisations that do resell software um, that are looking to uh, cross sell and upsell purely on the straight sale of software <clears throat> through through SAM services, uh, we can white label as well. So if an organization wishes to put their own logo and offer this as a service to, um, to their client base, um, then that can be done also. You do not see SAM Charter. You really have to dig down into the T's and C's to actually find, find SAM Charter there. Um, yeah. We are not looking to quarterback your customer database. Um, our relationship would be with you, not with the client. You could probably white label the, white label the T's and C's enough anyway. And uh, you can make it where it's just truly transparent. Uh, I've just meant though T's and C's are, contracts are all made to be whatever can be agreed upon, not what's, you know, whatever else it is. Well, we, um, unfortunately, I mean, you know, the law doesn't permit us to just say, there you go, Mr. Client, have at it, good luck. Right. Um, one thing we, we do insist upon is that if you've paid for it, that you don't resell it. Right. So that unfortunately, then we have to say we are Sam Charter. Therefore, you know, we are insisting upon this and that right. you don't hack us and you don't reverse engineer stuff and that kind of thing as well. So. <laughs> you mean people would do that? Yes, Imagine. they would. Imagine. Yes. yes, they would. Every chance they get, they would. <laughs> as we can open up any newspaper in any country in the world and find people that would do that. Mm. And uh, so Rory, great guest. Thank you for joining us. If people are saying they're watching, they're listening, and they're like, I sure like that, that smooth English accent of that Rory guy. And he has such great things to say about hardware and software asset management. How can I get in touch? How can they do so? So first off, email rory.canavan at samcharter.com will find me. Uh, info at samcharter will find me also. Um, LinkedIn as well. Um, it's uh, to go with my hair. It's um, it's a grey photo, so um, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't miss me there. Um, Twitter DNA of ITAM will find me. Um, I think I think that's just about it. But but Jeffrey, I think it's worth uh, one thing I forgot to mention as well is that we we have a variant too on the the SAM assessment for uh, SAM Pro as well. So if if you are that organization that's just installed SAM Pro and you feel it's a bit like the microwave in the kitchen, it's, it's not talking to the CMDB, it's not making that connection, we have a, a, a workflow assessment facility that will um, generate a very concise and, uh, and scientific report and help guide you as to which workflows you need to um, get the best out of SAM Pro with, with, uh, with your ServiceNow installation. Yes, and that's I wanted to make sure I qualified that. So those of you that are putting in SAM Pro or ServiceNow, Software Asset Management Pro, SAM Pro, or you don't feel like you're getting the, the desired results, then Rory and Sam Charter have developed a, an assessment to evaluate your processes to make sure that it does well. I don't, I don't say anything negative about any tool, and I won't, I won't start on this episode either, but I would say that the ServiceNow documentation for that product doesn't go deep enough to the process level. Every organization still, Rory, you tell me if you disagree, but every organization must then figure out what does their process look like within the confines of that tool. 
yeah, I, th I think there is a, a, a general conception that um, if everything is branded service now, it will it will plug and play. We're back to that USB scenario. Yes. And whilst that is technically correct, it will. Um, it won't necessarily give you the workflows or the processes out of the box. You've got to craft them. You've got to make them work for you. You've got to customize them. So there are many partners out there that will do that for you. Um, but we're, we're happy to give you a head start on which processes you actually want implementing. Gotcha. And I only say that because a tool is a tool, but it's, it's facilitating an outcome of a process. So we have to understand what that process is trying to do so we can help the tool deliver those outcomes. Is that fair? I, I think that's fair. And, I, I, and this is the, the thing around, um, around language as well. I, I went to Knowledge19 obviously back in 2019 everybody was, was talking about process everybody was and or i was talking about process everybody else was talking about workflow and uh, and the distinction being of course that the workflow sits within the product um, as opposed to processes which arguably could sit outside of, of products or dip in and dip out um so oh, yeah. that's that's the distinction i was there i was on the product advisory council for itam that year which oh, okay. small world small world and if I'm everybody ever sees me at conference, I'm the easy guy to spot. I'm the tall, ugly guy with glasses. And so <laughs> it's it's easy to spot me. And uh, I say that in jest, but people, people that see me, they're like, yeah, I get it now. It's not that his head's just real long. It is, but it's in proportion to the rest of them. And so, uh, hey, we are what we are. And so, Rory, it's been great having you on. We thank you for the discuss discussion and the discourse. We also appreciate just a different perspective as we have so many different perspectives on this show. Well, well, thanks again, Jeffrey. Um, uh, it, it's always a pleasure being on your show. So um, um, thanks again for the invitation. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's awesome to have you on. We'll have you on again soon. Have a great day. All the best. All right, bye.